Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I feel a heaviness in my heart this morning. I feel a burden in my soul. And I just ask God to touch us this morning. I need strength. Amen. In my mind and my heart. I want God to brand something in our spirit this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, join me in 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. Today I am going to start yet again another series. I know we've started a series on Wednesday nights on the gift of the Spirit. Today I want to start a series. And we're just going to work our way through this as long as it lasts. Amen. I want to talk to you today about the foundation. Because, friend, if the foundation be in error, we have no hope. We have no hope. And so I want to talk about the foundation and foundational things. I pass this way often, but it's not because I have nothing else to preach about. It's not not because that there's no other subjects and we've exhausted them all. But I pass this way often because every day that we live... There's an assailing spirit that tries to pick and pluck and tear away at the importance, amen, of just some things like I'm going to talk about here today, amen. Everywhere on the news, there is a, everywhere you see in the media is what I meant to say, there is just a cynicism about the church, a cynicism about God, a cynicism about Christianity, a cynicism about the Word of God. But I'm going to tell you, if the heaven and earth shall pass away, <laughs> heaven and earth shall pass away but his word is going to stand his word is going to stand praise God 2 Timothy 3.16 all scripture everybody say all all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness amen God bless you today our first you may be seated our first step in this foundation i want to talk about the infallible word the infallible word the bible is the inspired word of god amen and as such since this is god's word and not the opinion of men because it is god's word it is infallible it cannot fail the scripture said it will not return void If God said it, it will happen. It may not happen when you think it ought to happen or when I think it ought to happen, but it will happen. The Bible reveals God, but it doesn't just reveal God as an image or it doesn't just reveal God as a person, but it reveals the plan of God. Amen. The plan of God is a redemptive plan for mankind. There's a great disconnect, Scott Graham who pastors in Missouri, wrote an article, and uh, I quote from it now. Each year, each year the American Bible Society conducts a nationwide survey in the United States regarding people's opinions and use of the Bible. The findings are quite striking. If we would, if we would know one thing for sure, that there is no shortage of Bibles. One in six people, I'm talking about in America, one in six people reported buying a Bible in the previous year. The average number of Bibles in the American homes are 4.4. Despite the available availability of this great resource of divine direction, 57% of those who responded to this survey reported that they read the Bible less than three times a year. Amen. And it's not because they don't believe it has value. 
There's such contradiction here. It's not because they don't believe it has value. Eighty percent of, of those that were, that were surveyed identify the Bible as sacred. Fifty-six percent believe that it should be and have a larger role in the societal fabric of the United States. Seventy-seven percent believe morals and values are declining all across our nation. The, the most cited cause for that decline, in their, in their opinion, these are still those being polled, in their opinion, is the absence of reading God's Word. But perhaps the most striking numbers is 66% of those surveyed believe the Bible contains everything a person needs to know to lead a meaningful life. Yet 58% report that they don't personally want to receive its wisdom or its advice for their own lives. Now that's amazing, isn't it? Amen. We believe that there's not talked about enough. It's not read about enough. We believe there's an absence of it in the fabric of our society. We believe that it would change us and help us, but we don't want no part of it. I don't want any advice. Don't tell me what to do. Amen. I didn't come to this pulpit to be uh, off color today or make any offhanded remarks, but I know what it feels like to preach the Word of God and just feel that pushback. Amen. I, I appreciate that. I, but another day, another time, that, that, that may be for someone else, but it is not applicable to me. To believe, to believe that the answers are there but not want them to be personally invested in their lives is a remarkable, a remarkable trait. Although written, uh, the Bible, although written by more than 30 authors, it reflects the inspiration and the guidance of a divine and holy spirit. Although many types of people wrote the Bible, of course, if you have read your Bible and read behind any of the writers of the Bible, you know that there are characteristics that are evident. Uh, the personality is not hidden. The character of a person, individual, their individuality is not robbed of them. So many people and types of people write it, but there is also a unity and a harmony that could only be there by divine origin. One theme that flows in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. One theme, and that is the redemption of man. You can find redemption wherever you go. Amen. You can find it wherever you go. It's a progressive revelation of the one true God. This revelation was made complete in Jesus Christ, who was God manifested in flesh, according to 1 Timothy 3.16. The Bible is a universal book filled with timeless truths. Although it is ancient, although it is one of the oldest books in writ, amen, it is still as current, it is still as relevant as anything you could find on Google right now. Amen. It is the infallible Word of God. It is the unyielding and unchanging Word of God. When I don't know where to go, I'm going to go to His book. There have been times when I knew that the answer was here and I could not find it. I knew that there was hope, but I could not search it out. You may think that I am foolish, but I have just held that Word to my chest and prayed and said, God, I have faith in this. I have hope in this. This is where my direction, this is where my future will lie. Some of the prophecies of the Bible were foretold, uh, foretold events that, that came to pass centuries later. You think about the writings of Jeremiah. You think about, uh, you think about the writings of Joel. As he said, that on, in the last days I'm going to pour out of my spirit. When Joel, when Joel uttered those words, it was a long time removed. Amen. From that Oprah room experience. But Simon Peter and those with him knew exactly what it was. That's why they could say, this is that. That was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so the Bible has prophecies that came to pass centuries later. While some are even yet being fulfilled in the very day in which we live. But perhaps more than any other quality, it's the life changing power of the scripture that sets it apart 
from human origin. I've read books that motivated me. I've read book, books that educated me. I've read books that gave me direction and good advice. But I've never read a book, amen, that had anything as powerful in it as this. Amen. There's not a human mind that could put something together that can set apart a soul from sin because the Bible plainly teaches us that it is the anointing. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Praise God. Perhaps there has never been a time when the Bible has received so much resistance. Amen. From the secular and even the religious communities of today. But in the midst of all of this skepticism, the Word of God stands as victorious today as it ever has. I feel when I'm holding this book in my hand, and please don't think ill of me when I say this, but I feel when I hold this book in my hand as confident as Jesus felt when He took the book out of the hand of the disciples and began to read, Amen, this Word is unchanged. This Word has not lost its power. Amen. This, this word has not been watered down. It has not been diluted in any shape, form, or fashion. It is more relevant today than it has ever been, or as relevant as it has ever been. If it was working in the, if it was working in Exodus, it is working in 2015. If it was working on Azusa Street, it can work in Hatch Bend. Hallelujah. If it can work there, it can work now. If God can move overseas, my God, I feel something divine on me this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel something divine on me this morning. I'm telling you that if God can touch the lips of Jeremiah with a coal, He can touch your lips with a coal. If God can touch Isaiah and raise him up, He can touch you and I and raise us up. It is not hocus pocus. We cannot lean to the arm of flesh. I'm going to tell you this morning that if something were to happen and every musical instrument in this house broke and every singer got laryngitis, that would be a tragic thing in our way of thinking. But oh God, if that somehow got halted, if somehow a program, a ministry of this church got ran aground this afternoon, that would be all right. Amen. We wouldn't want that, but that would be all right as long as we could get to this book and break that book open. Amen. Because we know there's life here. We know there is hope here. We know there is strength here. Hallelujah. My hallelujah. I know there is strength here. I'm going to put my faith and my trust. I'm going to put my faith and my trust. The word still proclaims absolute truth. In spite of its opposition, the Bible lives on. Heaven and earth, I said, shall pass away, but His Word will stand. It flourishes not just in one generation and then dies out. It doesn't just flourish for one family and then kind of goes away until somebody searches through some archives and pulls it out and resuscitates that again. No, no, no. Friend, the Word I'm talking about stays alive from generation, from generation to generation and from dispensation to dispensation. I'm as excited about living for God today as Elisha was when he was making his way up the mountain the first time. I am as confident in the word that God has given me. Amen. Today as Joshua was in the word that he had given him. I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for the word of God. It gives us strength. It gives us understanding and life to change those. Amen. To believe, to, to, to become, to become. What a powerful thought that the Word of God gives us power to become. Our text, our text says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration here is translated in the Greek literally meaning God breathed. God breathe. Not just something somebody thought about. This is not a post-it note, friend. This is not merely a red string tied around your finger. Amen. But this is the inspired breath of God. Amen. God said it. Although men wrote the Bible in, in, in the words of human experience, it is nevertheless the thought, the heart, the passion of God. For Second Peter one twenty one, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but here is how it came, Amen. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
holy men spoke when the Spirit of God moved on them. I feel like I need to write this down. I didn't intend to say this. It just crossed my mind this morning. But after my my wife left to come to church, I went to prayer in our home this morning. And I felt God gave me something for a pastor friend of mine. And I thought... You know, I'm going to be sure. I'm going to be sure and call him later. I'm going to be sure and contact him later. And I felt the Holy Ghost prompt me, write this down and send this to him now. Amen. Send this to him right now. I I, I hope you don't. This is the second time I've asked you not to think ill of me today. But I'm going to tell you, just like God moved on men then, he can move on us now. Hallelujah. I've got, I've got way too much sense to try to join hands with Isaiah and Jeremiah and put myself in their category or and put myself in their camp today. But I'm going to tell you this morning that when I sent that text message, it wasn't just a second until I got a response that said, thank you. This was a word of confirmation that I needed on this very day at this very moment. I'm going to tell you, I just knew where I was going this morning. So I looked up and I said, God, I wonder if this is what happened to to Jeremiah. I wonder if this is what happened to Ezekiel. I wonder if this is what happened to Moses. I wonder, God, is this how it happened? Amen. He had no, they had no idea. They had no idea the magnitude of what they were saying, but they wrote as the Holy Spirit moved upon them to write. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I just go flying away, somebody grab me by the heels this morning. Amen. But holy men spake as the Spirit moved them. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost used distinctive, the, the distinctiveness of each writer. Amen. Certainly we understand and we follow the writings of Simon Peter. And if you know anything about his life just from, uh, just from what you study in the Word of God and what you can read about him, you can, you can see and you can sense the personality of Peter. Peter in his writings. You can sense the personality of Matthew. You can sense the personality of John. But even though God used their personalities, it was He that guided them in what to say. Amen. They were His messengers and they conveyed God's message. To bear that out, to bear that out, expressions throughout the Word of God, expressions like the Lord said, or the Lord spake, or the word of the Lord came, they those three expressions occur 3,808 times in the Old Testament alone. Amen. The Lord said, the Lord spake, the word of the Lord came. The phrase, the word of God, the word of God occurs 525 times. These phrases for us point to the fact that the prophet spoke and wrote the very words that God gave them. Many of the writers wrote by revelation of truth that they could not have known any other way had it not been for God. There was no other way for them to know. I'm talking about many of them had no other way to know what they were writing if it had not been for the hand of God. For example, Moses wrote about creation. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. How did he do that? I'll tell you how he did that. Exodus 23, the Bible says in 32, and it shall come to pass, amen, it shall come to pass while my glory passes by. Exodus 23, 32, the Bible says, it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee, talking about Moses, in the cleft of the rock and I will cover thee with my hand, amen, while I pass by and I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts, amen, but my face shall not be seen. He wasn't saying, Moses, I'm going to put my hand over your eyes and then when I get back, when I get past, you can just see my back and the backside, the backside of my legs or whatever. No, no, no. It was in that moment that God allowed him to see the hinder part of God, the fore part of God. (laughs) It was there. It was there when he passed by Moses on the cleft of the rock that Moses took out and with a trembling hand, he began to write in the beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was there that he began to write those holy words that recorded for us the creation story and brought us through those first five books because God revealed the hindermost to him. Moses was not present to observe creation. Amen. So it came to him by revelation. God just opened his eyes and he began to write. Are you with me this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the prophets, when the prophets foretold future events, they wrote by divine revelation. Paul was given, oh, I don't have time to read this this morning. Amen. But Paul was given a special revelation in, in the gospel of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 1. And verse number, uh, the verse number 11 down through about verse number 24, Paul starts telling about his conversion. He starts talking about how he come to God. No man gave this to me. No man gave this to me. I got this from the Lord. And so how, Paul, how is it that, that, uh, that you come to this? How is it that you come to know this? It was by God. He didn't get it at the feet of anybody. Amen. Not this. Amen. He got a lot at the feet of Gamaliel, but he didn't get this revelation there. Amen. That happened on the road to Damascus where God got a hold of him. And that's why unequivocally, without apology, amen, Paul could say if any, if any man or even an angel come preaching any other message, let him be a curse. Why? I didn't get this from my grandmother. I didn't get this from my grandfather. I didn't get this from some, it could, what, some possible errant area. Amen. I got this from heaven. It came straight down. It came straight down. Hallelujah. What a powerful message. What a powerful message. John wrote about the visions of Revelation while in the Spirit on the Isle of Patmos. While all the writers of the Bible did not write by Revelation, amen, we have to understand some of them wrote by inspiration. Amen. However, there is a need for Revelation. Amen. There is a need for revelation. Amen. We got to have that so that we and others are going to record uh, just what they see from observation. Amen. The Bible says in Luke 1, I'm not reading it, but Luke stated that, that he wrote in his gospel, what he wrote in his gospel was taken by the reliable eyewitnesses of those that were with Jesus Christ. Amen. This, the, I'm getting this from the source. Matthew, Mark, and John personally observed many events. They were there. They were there. The songwriter said, I was there when it happened. And I guess I ought to know. Amen. They were like the blind man. I don't know how to answer all your questions. This is what I can tell you. This morning I was blind and now I'm not. Amen. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, or Matthew, Mark, and John were not writing of things they supposed. They were writing of things they experienced. Again, Luke related many of the things that happened in the book of Acts as an observer and a companion to Paul. He was there. He was there. In the same manner, much of the Old Testament was recorded without any need of divine revelation. These men were there. <laughs> These men were there. They were there. They were there when the, the prophet said it won't rain for three years. They were there. They lived through the drought. They were there. They were there when he said, go check again. I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. He was there when the prophet said, gather up your stuff. We got to get out of here. There's a rain coming. There's a rain coming. Elijah was on Mount Carmel, friend. He wasn't riding this from a penthouse suite somewhere. He was on Mount Carmel. He was watching them dig the trench. He was watching them fill it with water. Hallelujah. It was Elijah that knelt his bony knees in the sand and prayed a simple prayer and watched God come down and consume that. No need of revelation. No need of observation. I was there. I was there when it happened. You come to town too late to tell me that you don't get the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I was there when the Holy Ghost came on me and I began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave utterance I was there. I was there. Hallelujah. 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 Shalom. Shalom. Praise God. Shana Maha, Ika Toro Maho Sotoro Lomaha Sataya. 
Praise God. We're not the only church praying this morning. Amen. I just got a text message right now. A friend of mine in another time zone said, I am in the church in the prayer room praying. And I've already heard your wife's name called out two times in prayer this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, whoever prayed that prayer. I'm telling you, it would be dangerous just to sit still in this church today. It would be a dangerous thing just to sit here unimpressed by what God is wanting to do in this place. If I were you, I would be doing everything I could to tap in. If I were you, I would be sliding and sliding to the closest, to the edge of that pew as I could get. I wouldn't want to miss what God is wanting to do in here today. I wouldn't want to miss. Oh. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. They wrote, they wrote, they wrote to us. That's why we're here today, Brother Gibson. That's why we're here today is because men wrote, men responded. Oh, God, God help us today. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't want to interrupt what God is doing. I don't know what God is wanting to do right now, but I don't want to interrupt what God is trying to speak into our heart here today. Jesus, let's be still a minute, church. Let's be still and wait on God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise your name, God. Oh, praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Mm. Praise God. Let's love the Lord just a second. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. 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 Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. The Spirit... The Spirit moved. The Spirit inspired men what to give and what to keep. And I say that intentionally because John said if everything were written that could be written, the world would not contain 
And so John emphatically clears that up for us. Many prophets knew that they were writing scriptures as they penned words. And their utterances were immediately, immediately recognized as that's God. That's God. The people heard the voice of God. The people heard the Ten Commandments. Amen. They were there. They were there when they placed those in the Ark of the Covenant. They were, they were right there. They, were, they saw the, the smoke on the mountain. And, and so they understood this is a divine thing. There's something powerful that's happening here. Jeremiah was specifically told that he was writing the words of God. You with me? Jeremiah was told, you're writing the words of God. Listen, Jeremiah 30 and 2. Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. Amen. So this is not willy-nilly. This is not second-guessing. He said, write this down, Jeremiah. Write this down. I don't have time to get into it, but you can find it in the book of Daniel where, where Daniel relied on the writings of Jeremiah. Amen. He relies on that after the 50 years or 70 years of bondage. Amen. They're looking back. And so, Jeremiah, you're writing this. Can I tell you this morning, Jeremiah, you're not writing this just for Daniel. But you're writing this for the ages. You're writing this for the ages. And here we are today in 2016. And we're breaking it back open, Jeremiah. And we're breaking it back open. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for not just thinking it would be you. Thank you, sir, for not just thinking it'll be you in the flesh. Thank you, sir, for not just thinking you'll be out of step, but thank you for having enough confidence in your God and in your walk with God to write it down because we're still rejoicing in this day. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let me just pause here and pastor for a second. This is why it's important that we live our lives inside the the accusation line. Mm -hmm. because you see if God moves on you to do something but you got the guilt of sin in your life you never pick up a pen amen that's why you need to live inside the accusation line let the accuser of the brethren accuse the Bible says day and night that's what he's going to do but don't let it be true Amen. And let it be so so much of a fallacy that when you hear it, you just laugh and say, that couldn't have been me because I wasn't there. Amen. That couldn't have been me because I hadn't even considered that. Couldn't have been me because I didn't pick it up. Couldn't have been me because I didn't drink it. Couldn't have been me because I didn't smoke it. Couldn't have been me because I wasn't in that motel room. Couldn't have been me because I wasn't there. I wasn't doing this. I wasn't doing I'm going to live inside. I'm going to live inside the accusation line. Amen, that was free, that was free. Amen, the writers of the epistles, Paul was aware, in writing his epistles, Paul was aware that he was writing Scripture. In, in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13, here's what the Scripture says. Amen, I'm just going to grab part of this. You can pick it out there on the screen. When you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. And so when you, when you got it, when you heard it from us, he said you didn't just receive that word from men, but you got it. It was the word of God. I'm telling you, I hope today that when this service is over, I hope this happens every time. But when this service is over, I hope we can go home and just not say, well, the preacher preached today. Or Brother Boyd said this, or Brother Boyd. But I hope we can go home and say we heard from God. We received a message from God today. Praise God. Praise God. During his visions on the Isle of Patmos, John was commanded at least 12 times, right. Amen. To the church, right. He was commanded at least 12 times, write this down. And then John, 
Then John concluded this last book of the Bible with a solemn warning against adding to or taking away anything that has been written. Amen. That was the seal of God's care and concern. I want to make sure every word is preserved in Scripture. It's got to be kept. It's got to be kept. Why? Because generations are dependent on this. It's got to be kept. And so when the devil tries to tempt you tomorrow or this afternoon or Tuesday to just live this way or do that way, you need to say, wait a minute. This has got to be kept. This has got to be kept. Why? Because generations are dependent on this. Somebody that's never even walked in this church that is destined to come in this church. A family that a family that's never even walked out of their living room yet and headed this way on Sunday morning, but they're destined to. They're going to need this when they get here. They're going to need this when they get here. This was the seal of God's care. From the beginning of time, I must, I must hasten. Amen. From the, oh man, I must really hasten. Praise God. Amen. From the beginning of time, Satan has tried to destroy the authority of God's word. In the Garden of Eden, he ridiculed the rules that God gave Adam and Eve and contradicted what God had said concerning the penalty of disobedience. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Satan has been, has been somewhat successful in his attempts to discredit God's word in the minds and in the hearts of men. His tactics, his tactics have often changed, but his intentions remain the same. God's word has always refused to be placed on some lowly shelf of human perception. This is not just the mind or the opinion of men, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. This book that I'm holding in my hand is the most precious book you'll ever hold. It is the most valuable thing that you'll ever hold. I know that don't mean a whole lot to us and I'm not being I'm not being snide this morning don't mean a whole lot to us in America when the statistics tell us that every family in every home has four point an average of four point four Bibles in the in the home. That don't mean much to us. Amen. But if you could go to some places of communism today where they just slip in just one page out of this book. Amen where they just slide in one page and they read it by candlelight. They hold on to it. They commit it to word. I don't say that to condemn or to guilt trip us, but I'm going to tell you the fact that we can hold this up today. The fact that I can scream this as loud as I can. Amen. And there is no one stopping us. It is the inerrant word. We ought to thank God for His word. His word. So closely is so so closely associated is God with His word that not only was the word with God but the word was God. John 1 and 1. Furthermore, amen, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word, the word, the word of God. Amen. The word of God are not just those sentences that we first pick up in Genesis. <laughs> Amen. That's not just the only word of God. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you in Bethlehem's manger, when the three wise men come walking in, they weren't just looking at a baby in a manger. They weren't just looking at a baby in a bassinet. They were looking at the word, the word. The word, the word, the word. Amen, the word. When Jesus Christ returns to earth, are you ready for this? His name, his name shall be called the word of God. Amen, the book of Revelation chapter 19, put it up there. Amen, Revelation 19 and 11. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name that was written, and no man knew but himself. And he and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Somebody said, "I don't think preaching's all that important." Somebody said, "I don't think teaching's all that important." Somebody said, "I don't know how much I'm getting out of this Word of God." I'm going to tell you, pick it up and read it anyhow, because his name is the Word. Of God, His name is the Word of God. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a progressive revelation of Himself, 
In a progressive revelation of himself, God gave his word through men. You know what I just thought about? Today is children's church. Our children aren't coming in anyway today, are they? Amen. You, you've had it. Amen. You, <laughs> put them up. Amen. Put them up. Amen. Let, hallelujah. In a progressive revelation of himself, God gave us his word through men. This revelation is full. This revelation is complete in Jesus Christ. Who was God manifested in the flesh? The Old Testament scriptures revealed God and pointed to his full revelation in the coming Messiah. John 5 and 39 Please, when you read John 5 and 39, don't just be in such a hurry. Don't have that thing in overdrive when you get to John 5, 39. Amen. Don't be daydreaming when you get here, friend. Pull yourself back into the page. Amen. Because this is what the Lord said. Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. He said, and they are they which testify of me. If you're trying to find me, find my word and if you'll find my word you'll find me amen because they are they that testify of me if you're lost and need direction get yourself in the word of God in a progressive revelation of himself he manifested himself in flesh we must be very careful that we do not allow the letter of the word to rob us of the spirit of the word Amen. Paul warned that the letter killeth, but the Spirit give life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. When Jesus asked his disciples if they would leave, when people were, you know, when the fishes and the loaves and the miracles and the signs and the wonders kind of started dying out, the crowd started dying out. When Jesus started talking about this is what you're going to have to have to be saved, This is what you're going to have to do to follow me. The crowd started dying out. I'm going to tell you, the Lord Lord made a bold move. Not one I've been ever bold enough to make at this point. When people started dropping like flies, he just looked around and said, Are you going to? Thank God. Thank God in that bewildered crowd, once again... We're relying on that voice of the man who just can't be quiet. Thank you. Amen. Simon Peter, I don't even think he had to clear his throat. He said, Lord, to whom else would we go? For thou hast the words to eternal life. Yes, this is tough. It's cutting us as much as it's cutting them. It's squeezing us as much as it's squeezing them. Amen. It is shaping us as much as it's shaping them. But where else are we going to go? Amen. I'm going to tell you, I'm not ever about brutality in the pulpit. I'm not ever about the abuse of power in the pulpit or out of the pulpit. But I'm going to tell you, amen, no matter how strong the word is that comes across the pulpit before we pick up our kids and grab our duds and say I'm out of here we need to say but Lord where else would we go because thou hast the words to eternal life hear me this morning hear me this morning oh hallelujah hear me hear me hear me hear me pulpits all across America are being shut down by pulpit committees and carnal minds and carnal thinking and fleshly congregations. I say, Lord, as long as we live, don't there ever be a tether on this pulpit. Amen. Lord, as long as we live, don't there ever be a chain, a leash. Amen. I say, Lord, to the preacher, loose him and let him go. I say to the preacher, preach to us. Hallelujah. I say to the preacher, my God, give us everything you can. Preach, 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 preach. Preach the Word of God. Preach the Word of God. How else are we going to be saved if we silence the preacher? How else are we going to be saved if we shut down the Word? Amen. I, my son and I were talking this week and I, I made this comment to him. I said the preacher's not right because the preacher's the preacher. The preacher's right because he's declaring the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. By the word we become new creations in Jesus Christ. We are warned how shall we escape? We neglect so great salvation. 
Failure to obey. Hear me this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. Failure to obey. The biblical plan of salvation. Repentance. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And receiving the infilling of the Holy Ghost evidence with speaking with other tongues. Amen. When we, when we do not give ourselves to that message, then we open the door in our own life to eternal destruction. I'm asking you, when's the last time somebody talked about hell? When's the last time somebody talked about somebody going to hell? But I'm going to tell you what the scripture says, that hell has enlarged her mouth without measure. Hear me today, hell's not playing games. Amen, hell's not playing games. Hell is not playing games. And so I say, Lord, help us today to be strengthened. Remember one of the books... One of the books, just one of the books that will be opened on the day of judgment will be the book that I hold in my hand here today. This is not, not going to be, a, not gonna be a, a, a little journey and a pop quiz at the end. It's an open book test. I've got it in my hand. Praise God. I've used the illustration a bunch of times through the years. Amen, but in the reference that I made earlier when Jesus took the book from the disciples and began to read from Isaiah. Amen, now the Bible says then that he closed the book and he gave it back to them. That, this is not superficial. This is very, very important. Because when, when Jesus gave the book back to man, the, hand, the, the Bible, the Word of God is still in the hand of man. But there's coming a day when God's going to take this book back out of the hand of man. And it's going, to be, it's going to be not the dispensation of grace then. But it'll be the dispensation of judgment. Amen. This is the book we will be judged from. And so we've got to obey his message. It's not popular, but it's true. Amen. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus read what I'm just talking to you about right here. That prophetic description of his ministry in Luke 4, 18. He said, this is what's going to happen. We're going to be, God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to captives, recovering a sight of the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised. And so in his earthly ministry, we see this. Jesus casting out demons. How? By his word. Amen. Jesus was healing people. How? By his word. Amen. By his word. Jesus was overcoming temptation from Satan himself. Not just an imp sent to do business for him, but with Satan himself. How did he do that? He overcame by the word. Amen. By the word. By the word. And so the word has power. The prophet of the word of God. The Bible says the scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable. Profitable. This verse of scripture lists four areas which the word is profitable for us. And if you've got it in you to make it through this four... I'll get it in me to go. I'll go. I'll go if you'll go. I'm going without you. Anyway, amen. <laughs> Praise God. It's bound up in my heart. I'm going. It's given to us for doctrine. For doctrine. Oh, what an important thing. We're talking about foundation. We're talking about the foundation. Amen. Not just you believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe. All roads, re all roads lead to Rome. You just do what you want to do and... You, you know, I know we don't see the eye to eye, and I know blah, 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 and I know, but we'll see you on the other side. Amen. Mm -mm. Doctrine. Although many religious people try to escape the stern realities of the Word of God, it is not possible to be saved unless we believe and obey now, I, I say that intentionally because there's a lot of people that believe that aren't here today. And they're not homesick. They just didn't see the necessity of it because they're not obedient to the Word of God. And I'm not talking about any of our regulars, so don't let your mind run there. If I, if I have something to say to them, I'll say it to them. They are not here. Amen. But I'm talking about they're not here because they don't obey it. They believe it. There are people on Friday night that would have got in a fist-to-fist, hand-to-hand combat over what I'm preaching this morning. They may have been about three sheets in the wind. But they believe it. Somebody said something about them old holiness folks. Hey, 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 don't you be talking about them holiness folks. Somebody said something about them, 
That old oneness doctrine, baptism in Jesus' name. They may have had to crawl up off the floor. They may have had to get somebody to help them up off the floor out of a drunken stupor. They believe it, but they're not obeying it. Amen. There is the danger. There is the danger. Salvation is more. Hear me this morning. Salvation is more than a mere profession of your faith. Our faith in Jesus Christ. Our accepting Him as a personal Savior. I'm not being unkind this morning, but somebody's got to tell you. Amen. Somebody's got to tell it. Amen. I, I'm not trying to take pot shots, but I'm telling you this morning, I feel the boldness and the courage of Ezekiel in my heart. Amen. This is more than a profession of faith. This is not about signing your name on a membership roll somewhere. This is about a born-again experience that is just for you. Hallelujah. Tailor-made. Tailor-made. Just for you. Just for you. Amen. Faith. Not today, but the other day Justin brought me a little bottle of water, a bottle of water like this. And, and where nobody else could hear it, he said, I should have poured about half of that out. <laughs> Hoping for a shorter sermon, I guess. He accidentally left a full bottle today, so we're in good. <laughs> you can deal with him about that. I can imagine I'll have a little... Those probably one of the more communion cups here Wednesday night. <laughs> About half full. The word of God, the word of God illuminates the way we should live. I know what I'm preaching is true because I've experienced it. I've watched people get the Holy Ghost that didn't know where Genesis was in their Bible. That have called me on the phone or stopped me in the aisle at church and said, you know, preacher, I used to, I used to wear this, but, you know, I put that on Monday and it just felt funny. Well, I didn't mean to squint the spirit. But why? How did that happen? It wasn't because some busybody hopefully was taking care of that. Here's what was happening. It was Psalms 119 and 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path. The word... The Word of God just began to reveal itself. Something that yesterday felt so common and ordinary. Today, all of a sudden, the spirit of conviction started moving in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Word of God. Doctrine. We need doctrine. Amen. The Word of God, he said the second thing, is for reproof. Now, this is not a popular word. Amen. God's Word judges us for wrongdoing. And God's Word rebukes us for our sin. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, those that heard him, the scripture, King James analogy, uh, uh, vernacular says, and they were pricked in their heart. Amen. They were pricked in their heart. They were moved. They were convicted. They were, uh, they, they were touched. But hear me today. If they had never felt the conviction of the word of God, they would have never found the joy of the word of God. Amen. If they had never felt the conviction, they would have never discovered the joy. Because in their conviction, they said, what must I do? How can I fix this? <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. My mind is running faster than my body can go today. But I'm telling you, amen, that when, we, when the Word of God comes to us and we don't get mad and throw up and we don't get mad and think somebody's assaulting us, when you don't get mad and think somebody's told me what to tell or preach about you and your life and what's going on, amen, if, we won't, if we'll just keep all of that down and let God's Word convict us, then and we say what I need to do to fix this, we can then discover a side of God that we never even knew existed before. We can discover a, 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 a dimension of God that we never knew. Amen. But some people are so bent on rejecting the reproof of God's Word. I get invited to speak at a lot of venues outside of this. Oftentimes I've been invited to speak at venues that were not apostolic venues. And you can really tell when you start getting close to the line. 
That's the truth. I'm, 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 I may be coming off to some of you cocky today. I'm not. You can tell when you get, you just, you just feel that spirit just kind of burr up. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. This, this happened many years ago. I've shared it a few times through the years on one night, one some, I, I'm not even sure, I think a Wednesday night. Uh, I, I was teaching and, and in the process of teaching, I was just admonishing people to come to church. You know, I've, I've found myself 27 years doing that. Come on, let's go to church. I don't know if all churches do this, but it's something else. I, almost every apostolic church I know when they dismiss Sunday says, don't forget Wednesday now. Right. <laughs> and so I was saying, we need to be faithful to the house of God. We need to be faithful. Amen. And, and the gentleman that happened to be visiting our church that night at that time many years ago worked at the hardware store. And a day or two I went into the hardware store and he stopped me in the aisle. And he said, I sure did enjoy the message Wednesday night. And I, I really enjoyed that admonition about being faithful to the house of God. But he said, you know what would have happened if you'd have done that in our church? I said, no, sir. He said, they would have asked you to leave. Because I said, come to church. Because I said, let's be faithful. Amen. Huh? <laughs> that really happened. We must be aware of our sins before we can obtain forgiveness for them. If you're not aware of something, how are you going to get forgiveness for it? So I need conviction to come. I need God. We call it stepping on our toes. Well, I need God to get on my toes from time to time. Walk up and down these aisles. Amen. Don't wear steel toes to church. My goodness, don't wear steel toes to church. Let God get on us. Amen. Let God speak to us. The Word pricks our heart. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And He is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. That's how powerful the Word of God is. The third thing, the third thing is correction. Not correction as in, uh, uh, that's what reproof is. Correction is another word for direction. We're not left in a state of condemnation. God doesn't just come pummel us down and tell us what dirty, rotten scoundrels we are and then walk away. I think every service, every message, if it is going to be successful, is not how many times people got up and down off their feet or how many times somebody did this or did that in, in demonstration but the Word of God, in order for it to be successful, must have these elements in it. There, there needs to be some doctrine in what we're preaching. There needs to be some truth in what we're preaching. There needs to be some reproof in what we're preaching. Amen. Now, I'm the pastor of the church and don't need any other ministers in the church to pastor the church. Amen. I, just, I just need you to help me edify the church. But there ought to be that in that. There ought to be that, that spirit of, 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 uh, of reproof in what we're saying. Amen. Not from you directly, but from the Word of God. And then there needs to be correction or there needs to be direction. Amen. We don't want the Word of God to come in and, and just excite us or the Word of God to just come in and tear us down and then walk away. Have you ever had somebody, I've worked on jobs before where, where the supervisor just come around and told me everything I was doing wrong and then walked off. So what, how can I fix this? Show me how to do it different. Show me how to do it better. Help me to be a better person. Amen. And so we're, we've got it for correction. We're not left in a state of condemnation, but God's word performs a miracle of conversion in our lives. We're transformed. When a sinner is convicted of their sins, aren't you thankful he didn't just leave you on the pew? <laughs> but he transforms us. The word of God corrects our behavior from doing wrong to doing right. That's why David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And then the fourth thing is for instruction in righteousness. God has provided a manual by which we are trained in right thinking and proper behavior. I think it was just this morning. I think it was just this morning that I was cutting up about something. And my wife was reading her Bible the other day and she came across that part about every idle word. She read that out loud. <laughs> Up to then she'd been reading silence, had her little headphones on. Every idle word. I looked over at her, and so she was preaching to me a little bit in the house. Y'all only get to hear from her once a year or so, but she, 
She'll throw back and preach every now and then at home. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just out here on the edge, but anyway, I was, I was cutting up about something this morning, it was this morning, I was cutting up about something, and, and in my heart, I felt like that I probably, when I, I said it one more time, and I felt like that was probably too much, <laughs> not for her, not for her, not for her, see y'all, you, you're just being carnal, you're just wanting to see us fight. But, but I was talking about something kind of just in jest, kind of. And I and the last time I said it, I kind of felt like that that was probably enough. And I said it one more time, and I and I, I just got kind of pricked in my heart. And she she recognized that. She said, "The Lord got you." And something like that. The Lord got you. See there, you just kept going out there. And so I'm just using us. I'm not trying to talk about my miserable life. I'm just trying to tell you. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you that this. <laughs> I think that was taken out of context too. But great day. <laughs> well, let me stay with the book. Let me just go back. If I can crawl back to this book, that's where I'm headed right now. Amen. It is. Our lifestyle can be patterned after the standards of the Word of God. The Word of God corrects our thinking and, and our behavior. And this is where I ran off the road a while ago. It corrects our thinking and our behavior. The Word of God. God will speak to us. Maybe not audibly, but God will just touch us. And we'll say, that, that's enough. That's far enough. Don't go there. Don't do that. I'm not the only one that's been involved in a conversation that kind of got a little bit far to the left. And you just felt like, as for me, I need to hush. Maybe you didn't need to make that announcement. Or maybe sometimes we've had to just say, I, I have nothing else to say. But you see, the Spirit, the Spirit had said that. That, that little leash got just kind of pulled, tug tight. Amen. That was the Word of God. The Word always works even when it appears impossible. The Word finished teaching the multitude. After the Lord finished teaching the multitude, even if it seems impossible. When the Lord finished teaching the multitude from Simon Peter's ship, he told him, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now Simon, in the boat with Jesus, doubted. But he had enough in him to say, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Not because I believe, not because I feel it. He was a fisherman. And so not even because I sense it. I remember fishing years ago with Brother Gibson. And I'm, uh, as you know, not a fisherman. But I remember going fishing with Brother Gibson years ago. And we'd be over there. And he'd just start looking over somewhere. He'd say, yeah, I just feel like there's some fish over here. And we'd just pick up anchor and just move over there. And there would be the fish. And we'd go somewhere and say, yeah, I just feel like there's some, I feel like there's some fish. You just kind of have a way of feeling about fish. I don't know how that works unless that's just a God-given thing. But I'm going to tell you that, that, that Peter was a fisherman. And so he didn't even sense... The fisherman in him. Is that all right? Didn't sense there were fish. But he said at thy word. And to his surprise, not only did he fill his boat, but he filled all those with him. The word of God is our textbook. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. By his word, God created the heavens and the, and the earth. By the same word, they are sustained. Even... To this day, and according to Simon, according to Second Peter, two and seven, they will be sustained until their day of destruction. Even the laws of nature operate according to the word of God. God said, "Son, I want you to rise in the east, and I want you to set in the west." You search your Bibles from Genesis to the maps. You dig through every library you want to dig through and you'll not find one hint where the Son and God ever spoke again about that. 
Is this what I want you to do? How long until I tell you to stop? Where are you going, son? I'm just doing what he said. Amen. Through the ages, through the ages. The word sustains them. The law of nature operates from the word of God. God's word spoke everything into existence. He merely said, let there be light. And there was light. The phrase, and God said, appears nine times in the, in the first chapter of Genesis alone. Whatever God does, he does by his word. The fact that the Bible was written by the inspiration of God confirms that it's infallible and inerrant. God is using the power of his word today to reconcile the unsaved to himself. Amen. God's word will condemn the sinner if he ignores it and disobeys it. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Can I tell you today that if, if for some reason tomorrow this man says, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. One day, God will do what he has to do. He gave me my will. He gave you your will. I can do what I want to do. But there's coming a day God's going to do what he has to do. And I'm not living for today, but I'm living for tomorrow. In Jesus' name. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God's word has the power to, to God's power was designed to, to change and convert, to change men, to convert men. God's word will communicate life. It will communicate direction. God's word. God's word. Never despise this word. I'm thankful for this word. Sister Betty, I'm not making fun of your mother by any means. She was a personal friend and prayer warrior. And she hold out her fingers and say, this precious truth. This precious truth. This word. This word. This word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Amen. I ask God to touch us today. Would you do that right now? God would just touch us. Strengthen us, Lord. By the power of the Holy Ghost. By the authority of the Spirit. Oh, God. Oh, God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.